everybody, and welcome to the show. Coming up on this month's audio video show, we talk about depression, triumph, and taxes. We will discuss rain, elevators, and dumb dogs, like an Annie. But most of all, we'll do it with style. So why miss anything? Stick around for a new episode of The Nightfly, because it all starts right now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast that is streaming on YouTube. If you want to see the video and me in my apartment that looks strangely a lot like Dre Seinfeld. Or if you just want to listen on our regularly scheduled audio show, then you can do that as well. But hello and welcome to the program. I am Dave Dusk. I am your host. It is July 2021. And... What a week it was, and when I say that, it means it uh, really didn't make a difference, but or did it. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of things. Then we're going to bring in little Memo Salazar, because we did that show in Queens on Sunday, and I recorded him the next day, so I have that recorded. I'm going to put that in in a second, and uh, we talked for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so about the show. We went over all the bands. It's kind of funny, and Memo's a joy. So that'll be good. But let me just tell you really quickly. Oh, so then I'm going to tell you about the week a little bit. And then after we talk to Memo, I'm going to show you some slides, as I said in the previous podcasts, about like the jokes and stuff, stuff I found in a drawer that I think you're going to like. Let me fix my mic a little bit. That's much better. And that's the way the show is going to progress today. So hopefully it won't keep you too long. But we will have our normal length show. And I highly recommend watching the video for certain portions of it. But, of course, if you don't, I will describe everything flawlessly so you don't feel like you're missing out. But, of course, there'll be the little tinge of the fact that you have to feel like you're missing out. Because what's the point of making the video? And if you're not going to watch it anyway. So, yes, we'll talk about the Sunday, last Sunday at, at Queen's. Uh, the 12-hour extravaganza outside show in a minute. But I was making a face. See, that's something you can't see unless you see the video. I just want to tell you something. I want to start off with Monday. It's so I'm such a strange guy. You know this already. I was so depressed. Not because the show. Well, maybe I was a little depressed about the show, and I, I think I might have talked about it with Memo. I can't remember. I was just, you know, I, I got, you know, I've been having these, uh, you know, you have these times sometimes where you're just like, wow, everybody's here with their family. I'm not with my family. I don't have a family. Um, I don't know. I'm just pissed off, whatever. And then, of course, you know, I had to leave. As soon as I left the place, I was, it started to rain again. You know how I'm driving going crazy and the stupid motorcycle in the rain. It's like it was perfect all day until I had to travel home. So annoying. So when I woke up the next day, I was quite depressed, like really depressed all day on Monday. And then, of course, that's just the way it get. And I was going to go out, and I did go out to see Colin Smith play his wonderful guitar at the Olive Tree at the Comedy Cellar. And I had a, a meeting with Noam that I was going to do beforehand. So that was my big plan. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, 
I got to get out of the house, even though I don't want to. I could stay here forever. So I was very depressed, and it's just so funny. I mean, I guess alcohol is just good for me because as soon as I drank it, I, you know, I was with Elon, and I'm like, boy, this is the best time ever, right? I mean, it really changed my mood. Oh, because Elon and I were taping a Billy Joel thing, and he knew how depressed I was. Oh, I know what it was. It was the song we were talking about in the East. It's a, a, it's a brand new song off Cold Spring Harbor called Everybody Loves You Now, which I'd never heard. And that song, once I started talking about it and playing it, that lifted me up a lot. And I'll play that when it when it's coming out. But because I, you know, these I've never heard Cold Spring Harbor. So here's the first song from Cold Spring Harbor. I'm like, oh my God, if the rest of the album is like this, this is going to be my favorite album of all time. Because I'm an idiot that likes to do a podcast of songs I've never heard before. But, you know, I just like talking. So it makes sense. So... Yeah, then we went down and I went to the the bar beforehand, had a little drink, and I was already feeling better. And then I had several drinks and I just felt so much better. And I was having a good time. Just out of Hannah and her sisters, you started to get hooked on the movie. You know, I'm like, these are really funny people up there. And it's like, you know, it's not all bad. It's just really funny. I mean, I'm just such a mess. I guess everybody's like this, but I, I can turn on such a dime in both ways, you know, being happy or sad. But it was really fun. You know, and then I, 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 went, I went home again. And, uh, oh, right, I remember I was I was drunk. So I don't like, to, you know, I'm, I don't mind taking a taxi now or anything, but I just, I like to walk off the alcohol a little bit. So I like to walk home a little bit and then, you know, either take the motorcycle or the thing. But I didn't. Uh, I went to like a halal, halal, you know, with the meat and lamb and chicken and rice and I went to one of those places on like 14th street and then I was walking and I was like, I'll just walk until I don't want to walk anymore. And then I'll take a bike, a city bike. And that's what I did. But of course, as soon as I got on the city bike, it started to rain every single night. Only when I get on the mode of transportation of a bike or a motorcycle or a cab, because I'm only taking the cabs or anything. If it's raining, it's driving me crazy. I was really driving me crazy. I'm like, how, how is that possible that it, it's not raining all day, but as soon as I get on the bike, it starts to rain? I mean, what kind of message is that? Again, if COVID never happened, I would think this was personal. But like I've said, during COVID, I, I don't believe that anymore. Like I said, God hates everybody. Because why would he ruin everybody's weekend every weekend during the summer if you want to go to the beach? It rains every goddamn weekend. Why would he do that? On Tuesday, you know, we had the show. I was very hungover, but we had the show, and I thought it went really good. I had a really good time with Mike Vecchione and Mark Cohen. This week, coming up on the Comedy Cellar show, will be Jeff Ross and Esther Koo, who is adorable, but a little annoying for some. But it doesn't matter, because uh, the week after that, I'm having Marina Franklin. That's going to be the last show, because I can't take it. Um, I'm looking forward to it being the last show. I just need a break. And then in September, I'll come up with something. Uh, you know, I want to do a football show in some incarnation, but I don't want to bother you guys with having to watch it. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I know Colin still wants to do the show. So if he wants to do it and he's happy doing music stuff, I'm kind of in on that. So we'll figure something out. But in two weeks, will be our final show in that. And uh, coming up on Billy Joel this week, as long as we're here, will be the Don't Ask Me Why. Thank God, 
a hit, hit, air quotes. And then our interview with Julian Villard, who does that terrific song. Actually, I can show you some of the video here because I don't think we'll get in trouble for his music. favorite one where he's playing on the Brooklyn, on the BQE and stuff like that stuff. They really like it. And he's, we're going to interview him about Billy Joel. So that is our, it's like, we don't have any songs left anymore. It's so weird. And then we're going to have our D's wrap up and then easy money. Very excited. And as I was talking to Mark Cohen, who was on the comedy seller show the other day, he's friends with Dennis Blair, Dennis Blair. You probably don't know wrote easy money. So I'd really like to talk to him. I think that'll be super, super fun. But then I have to tell you about Wednesday. This is all real quick. Not real quick. I mean, just I mean, I guess if we weren't doing the video podcast, I would take more time. But I want to get to memo, and then I want to get to these slides. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not very interesting. Well, I'm showing some stuff as we're talking, as you know. I always like to show stuff I'm talking about, which just makes the video a little bit more entertaining. But... So on Wednesday, I had a podcast I was doing in Jersey. So I was excited. Like these guys, these guys saw the Cars movie and they're like, would you come on our podcast? I'm like, sure. And like, we could do it on Zoom. I'm like, what are you kidding? I'll come to Jersey. I like any reason to come to Jersey. I'm sorry. I just saw my phone. You know, I put it on airplane mode and yet something fell through. How's that possible? So um, how is that possible? If I have it on airplane mode, how did I get a thing about a tweet that just popped up? That's weird. Anywho, I figured I'll go visit Rhoda early. So I got there like nine. I said, I'm going to come visit at 9 a.m. She goes, oh, well, we'll have breakfast. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really want any breakfast because, you know, my stomach will hurt. I can't have a big breakfast because I got so much to do that day. Uh, I'll have one of your stupid frozen bagels. This is the perfect time. I'll have one of your stupid frozen bagels. That's all you ever offer people and some butter. And you can make me a coffee and a curry cup. How do you like that? I'm going for it. And she goes, oh, yeah, I don't have any bagels. I'm like, you don't have any. Mm. I had to relax. You know, mm. you know all the stuff she's ever offered. The first time I wanted it, she didn't have it. Now, a normal mother, and I didn't want her to do it, but she goes, well, I'll go out and get it. And I'm like, no, no, it's not necessary. I'll just stop at Dunkin' Donuts. She goes, no, it's no big deal. I'm like, nah, it's all right. If you don't want to, it's no big, you know, whatever. We're both saying it's no big deal. But then when I got the car in the morning, I called her or yeah, I called her and I said, did you get bagels? Cause I was otherwise, sorry. no, you told me not to. I'm like, okay, okay. Just checking. But wouldn't you think most mothers, Jewish mothers or Italian mothers would go to the store and get the stuff their son requested. I am not saying she had to do that. We made a deal. I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> That's what they're supposed to do. It's like, you know what? Let me go out and get it anyway. But that's not a big deal. It's just kind of funny that, well, we've talked about this a hundred times. It's just crazy that she just doesn't have any food in the house. What kind of Jewish mother is that? She's ruining the mold we've put up for ourselves about Jewish mothers. I mean, ruining it, destroying it, blowing the lid off of it. 
So I went there and then I went to the podcast, which was in Eatontown, New Jersey, and they had just had a flood. I thought we were going to be in this great studio and it was really a nice studio, but they had a flood. So but this guy and I'm going to show you a picture later who runs the studio is a collector. So he had all this comic books and action figures and he had this skateboard, a Golden Girls skateboard. I'm going to show you the picture later. It's I said, can I take a picture of this? That's awesome. And we had a really good time and good conversation. And, you know, we get to promote turbocharge, which I will come to Jersey. I will come wherever you want me to go and talk about turbocharge. If you want to talk about turbocharge, he just found it because he does a rock and roll podcast and he decided to do a show about the car. So he was doing research like the way I do for a podcast. And he's like, there's nothing on the cars. And then he found this movie, purchased it, watched it and was like, something's wrong about this movie. <laughs> like, and then he recognized he's, I guess he does comedy or he's in the comedy world. He recognized, cause we had met before at the stress factory and he recognized all the names, you know, and he's like, wait, something is amiss about this movie. But what he didn't know is how much ironically, how much fact there is to it. And, you know, again, I keep pointing out as much as people hate the movie, it is accurate. And that's all the cars are going to get. No, one's ever going to do a documentary or a serious movie about the cars. So again, you're welcome, America. So then I went to the beach, to Long Branch, where I'm thinking about moving, and I hung out with my friends there, not uh, David Elliott, who I'm going to uh, see tomorrow. But uh, some you know, friend, other friends that live there, and uh, I got there at three... Yeah, I got there probably around three. I was really taking my time. And I know they work and they probably weren't going to be able to get together until like five. And I started to panic. I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do? How am I going to be outside that long? You know how I start to panic in the heat and the sun with my fair skin and complexion. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So I got out and I was just walking to the boardwalk for a while, which is what it was exactly the plan. I parked my car and I walked on the boardwalk. And then I said, my stomach started to hurt, which hasn't been happening a lot lately. But I knew it was stress-related because I was like, well, how long am I going to have to hang around in the heat? And I was starting to stress. Um, I had two cups of coffee, you know, like two, like a Dunkin' Donuts and a 7-Eleven coffee. So maybe that helped too. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my car and get a little high because that always helps. And I'm, there's no reason not to. I'm not doing anything. So I went back to the car took like two puffs and then I and then I fell asleep and then I woke up and felt so much better it was crazy it was stressful because I was able to relax which is odd because normally pot doesn't do that but this was like a medicinal pot that you know I got from somebody who has a prescription maybe that's why it was just so relaxing I never fall asleep on pot but then it turned out in the car it was that there was a nice breeze from the ocean and I didn't have to keep the car running and I dozed off for a little bit. It was perfect. And then I was good for the rest of the day. It was beautiful. Beautiful. And then I went to my friend's house, apartment, and I saw this is the apartments I'm thinking about moving to. It's this place called Pier Village in Long Branch. And I looked at the apartments. They're very nice. But it's so funny. They had problems with their upstairs neighbors. Like a lot of problems. They have this dog that was just barking and barking. It was so annoying. But they had problems with their upstairs neighbors. I'm like, well, I... I could do that in New York City. I would definitely have to move to a top floor. But the places are nice. And then I'm like, you know, when you go outside, there's just so much action because it's the summer. 
In the fall, it'll probably be better. But it is a little community. And we went to a bar, and this guy knows all the people there. Why wouldn't he? I'll know everybody there if I ever move there. But it was a good... We went to the restaurant after, and, you know, it was a, it was a good... It was the best time I had in the sense of thinking about moving there. I think when I go to Dayville, it's just a good time. And, you know, he, you know, he has this certain life. But these are people that have like a normal existence that I know. You know, Dave's a, a professional and, and, and does this kind of stuff. But the, the, these people were like, this is the life I would lead. Do, do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm not explaining it correctly, but I got kind of a glimpse. And again, I have another photo. They. They had a, a movie. They show a movie on the courtyard there. I'll, sh I'll show you the thing. It's really kind of great. But again, it's like, I don't know. Why am I leaving New York? Because it's crowded and I don't want that anymore. But then this place was crowded too. So I don't know. It's all, uh, but I'm definitely really, really thinking about it. As you know, so. I don't know, but again, I'll show you more uh, the slides later, and we'll talk further about it. But so I went to this restaurant, and this the wait when we first get, just got a couple of drinks in, in the afternoon. The waitress said, "Yeah, we have great chicken parm here." Well, you know that it, what it is for me—that's throwing the gauntlet down. And I'm like, "Really? Do you? Do you think you have?" Because if you remember the uh, place, the Isle of Capri, where I got into a fight with that lady, I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Prove it. So we went back and I had the chicken parm and the bartender was a dick. I don't know why he was a dick. My friends knew him, but I could tell he was being a dick. I know when somebody's being an asshole, they don't like me right away. Maybe he thought I was drunk. I don't know. But he, he wasn't buying anything I was selling. And I know when people don't like me right away, I can just you know tell or at least I could this time. And they're like, what are you talking about? Look, I, I know shit. This guy doesn't dig me, which is kind of fine but i'm kind of like also like george costanza i'm like just tell the tell him the waiter liked him so he was uh he was being kind of standoffish and i was ordering all these appetizers we were ordering all these appetizers and then i was getting the chicken parm and he was like chicken parm is very big you might want to not order all those i'm like no don't worry about it asshole he's like giving me shit that the chicken parm's big He's like, it's a lot of food. I'm like, grow up. You know how I hate that. Don't fucking tell me what I can and can't order. I'm a goddamn adult. I'll leave stuff over if I want to. It turns out the chicken part was huge. But he had thrown down the gauntlet again. He had thrown down the challenge. So I had to finish the chicken parm. And I probably would have stopped with three quarters left. But I'm like, fuck this guy. If I'm going to let him win with his chicken parm challenge, and that was not going to be a factor. So I made sure I finished it. I'm like, yeah, it was good. Thanks a lot, jerk off. I hated that guy. My friend wrote me the next day. He took the phone. He, his, he took his food home. And he goes, hey, I got a note in the thing going your, from the bartender that night saying your friend was a dick. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Which was pretty funny. And so then I uh, went home, you know, because I just never get home. It's just like, you know, what a long day. And I drove home. Of course, it started to rain. I mean, what the fuck? But at least I was in my car, which, of course, isn't that great because my car leaks when it rains, which is kind of hilarious. And uh, I went home and I'm like, oh, I'll be glad to get home. And it's like 1230 at night. I parked the car in the garage. I couldn't believe the door was open because normally I got to ring the bell. The guy doesn't show up. He's sleeping downstairs. I don't know. I parked the car in the garage. 
and there's two people waiting there. The guy, the elevator's broken, and the guy's downstairs in the sub basement, like screaming, "Can you help me?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" Because I, the two guys there, I guess they weren't monthly people, so I'm like, "Well, sometimes you got to ring this." And I was, I know how to use all this stuff. I talked to them through the intercom and stuff, and the guy was stuck. The elevator was working. I'm like, "Well, this makes sense," because you know, a lot of times that elevator just they got two elevators and they break all the time. So he's like, "It's not working." can you send the second elevator down? I'm like, okay. So I had to get in the second elevator because you can't close the doors, I guess, unless you're inside. And then I took it down and then he's like, oh, it's working. And I'm like, God damn it. You son of a bitch. But, um, but it was, you know, it's still exciting being in those huge freight elevators and controlling them there. It is kind of a thrill. And I wasn't in a bad mood or anything so i didn't care and i'm never in a rush once the car is parked i'm good to go so when he came back up he goes thank you for saving me and i'm like oh you're welcome i don't care because he you know he knows me and i just felt bad for those guys that were waiting he goes well the guy went down there and that was a half hour ago and i'm like really he's been down there for a half hour because that's not normal i said i guarantee the elevator's stuck there's got to be something wrong because they're they're pretty good about that but yeah it was just really funny i'm like did it didn't bother me, but it's like one of those things. I'm like, wow, I'm never going to get home. You know, it's so late already. And oh, my mother's was such a long time. You know, I woke up at 630 that day. It was only 24 hours by the time I get home. And then, of course, I still got to walk home. But I just thought it was really funny because, uh, you know, who has to do that? Whoever has to do that? No one. No one has to save their parking garage guy from once they bring their car home i mean it's just it's ridiculous but it is funny anyway uh just to end things before i bring memo in uh yesterday was awful but yet for some reason i went out to get coffee with nick griffin the comedian and i think that put me in a good mood i had a lot of coffee we went to the diner and then i just made calls all day and took care of like financial stuff you know like some days i just like all right i gotta do this now and i called the irs because they were you know apparently i owe twelve thousand dollars i had no idea and they're like well we need it and i'm like do you i don't know where it's from i must have fucked something up and that's just the new york state i'm not even talking about the government i don't know what i did but that was a shocker and so that kind of threw off my day and yet i wasn't that upset about it in in a way for me for some reason i'm this messed up in the head as you know for the poltergeist theme going through my head up from last week i'm so messed up that i like the challenge of seeing how am i gonna get out of this mess i think that's why i always liked the gambling stuff i'm like wow i owe a lot of money to those guys how am i gonna get out of this there's something very exciting to see if I'm going to somehow worm my way out of either paying the IRS or my rent or any bills. It's again, they've thrown down the gauntlet, the chicken parm challenge, and I accept their challenge. And I don't know where this comes from and why I'm excited about it. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? But have you ever heard of anybody being that insane because that's what that is it's insane
but exciting. How are you? All right. Let me show you the thing with Memo. We'll talk about last Sunday. It's hilarious because uh, I'm just mad at every band that showed up that day. And it's classic Just Cow and classic Nightfly. And you love Memo. So let's get to him right now. Everything you do irritates me. When you're not here, the things I know you're going to do when you come in irritate me. The Nightfly with Dave Juskow. Well, hello, Memo. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm excited to be here. Really? I um I yeah, I brought it. no no no. I brought my notes. I'm ready to talk about Uptown Girl. So no no, you got Uptown the you got Girl. the entire wrong podcast. You idiot. <laughs> I thought this is this is not the Billy. I was ready. I had Uptown Girl, and then I had tell her about it because I thought you'd be doing the T's and the U's today. Uh no, and the fact is, we're not getting to those for another two years. It's right. really annoying. I mean, <laughs> I was at a bar the other day, and this girl is still angry that we have not put down Easter Alexa in the D's. <laughs> Can you blame her? Everybody's angry about that. That's all Elon's doing. I would have totally put that in the D's. Right. That does make sense. So he's got to take their wrath. <laughs> anyway, I just brought you in, and I know your time is very, very precious. First of all, I don't know what your deal is. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I sit at home all day and I do nothing, you know, and I don't get anything done. I don't have any kids. I watch TV. And for some reason, you work every day. Yeah, it's really hard. You've got a kid you got to take care of. And you were able to put together an entire festival, uh, you know, for your community. You do stuff for the community board. And then in between, you were able to actually practice with two different bands and (laughs) make a short film for yourself. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you. That's like, yeah. where do you even get time to do all that? And I keep complaining that I don't have enough time. Well, I never complain. Uh, I, don't know I mean, the thing is then, but like, so everyone's always talking about like, did you see this show or did you see that show? And I'm always like, no, I, I, I didn't. But that's because you don't have TV. But well, I mean, I have Netflix and stuff. You know, I have like, I mean, nobody watches TV anymore. It's all on like online streaming. I have a computer. I just don't have time to to watch. I just don't have time to watch. You know, I don't watch that. You say nobody watches TV anymore. How do you think I just watched Smokey and the Bandit 2 last week? (laughs) Right. No, there's five on cable. Yeah. There's like you, my aunt Lynn. No, I I mean, there's like, yeah, you know, over 70. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever play the board games behind you on that shelf? Sure, I have. Okay. So anyway, I just wanted to talk to you. So Memo and I, well, Memo organized this, as I said, this big shindig on Sunday outdoors. He closed off one of the streets, got the bar, the solid state bar that he is part owner of to sponsor a street closure, which you can do in New York City. And he put together this unbelievable day, something now I realize I never could have done if I had gotten the street closures done comedy like I just. Well, yours would be a simpler, though, right? Couldn't you just do it with a bunch of comics? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, you planned an entire day from yeah. <laughs> noon to noon, midnight. You know, I mean, pretty much. It was very impressive. You said so. You said you were you. They would let you get there at 10 or 11. We could we started. I got there at 10, but like we could close the street at 11 a.m. And we had to open it up at 11 p.m. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, you got there at 11 and that's an entire block. That yeah. he put together. It was amazing. And I just have the listing of the bands and stuff that were going on because, you know, I was angered about each one of them individually. 
know. So I thought I'd just go through it. First, I'll start with that Queens Music Academy <laughs> and fuck that lady that runs it. They're horrible. These are kids that are untalented and awful <laughs> and should not be performing in front of any kind of audience whatsoever. And this lady who runs it just came on like at the beginning and said, hi, we're the queen. And I'm like, what? That's, that's my job. That's <laughs> my job. I'm supposed to. And Memo was even like, we told her not to start, but she doesn't listen. Like she just started. Remember they started <laughs> early. The show wasn't supposed to start. Like I was supposed to start the show and this horrible woman with her horrible <laughs> kids. I mean, really, those kids were awful. And I've seen kids that are good. <laughs> and those kids are bad. And then they brought up that girl to sing who you, was a little older, so you thought she'd be better. Wow. <laughs> they were all bad. And the music teacher was bad. The music teacher, not just the woman who ran it, the Asian woman, but that guy who was playing the piano with them was also just bad. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a music school, right? Like they were, it was more like for the parents is like what that was for. It was like a, a, a recital for parents. Uh, so, I listen, mean Memo. As you know, I was in those music schools. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You pointed out that boy in the uh, whatever he was wearing. I mean, I've been in those music schools. I've done those recitals. And I'm sure that everybody that I was with was much more talented than these awful kids. I know you can't say anything. I'm just telling you. And you know how I felt about it. And you know how I feel about subpar performances. And uh, that lady was like really annoying. She was like, no, one more song, one more song. And then it was starting. You know, Memo's trying to keep to a schedule. Memo gave me a clipboard. Right. So I could keep to the schedule and I'm a stickler for the schedule, as everybody knows. Right. And I think I put fear into the people that so they wouldn't go <laughs> all the time. So, you know, I think so. That was, yeah, no, you were very good at that. That was good. That was important. Remember that little girl who came over with the clipboard too? What is she for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Vivian. <laughs> She's hilarious. She was like your protege. She was ready to yell. It was at so funny. She had a clipboard of her own and she was <laughs> like, we have to stick to the schedule. And I'm like, I like you, kid. I like your style. And then I had her always tell everybody, your your time's up. You know, like, like when Memo was on later, like, hey, you can go tell him his time's up. <laughs> and then Chris, you know, the, your uh, co-worker, co-owner, uh, he was like, don't do that. He'll be, he hates that. And I'm like, no, no, he told me to do it. <laughs> I would never have done that when the guy who's running it is on. He asked me to, to pull him off. But um, because then the, the next band was the 49th Street Band, which is Memo's band. Now, it was the Memo Salazar show because Memo was in yeah. like 10 bands, his kid performed, and he showed a short film. But if you're going to put it together, well, who's going to complain about that? Well, you know, the, the truth is like, I didn't know at first if anyone was, like, I just didn't know that anybody would care about, you know, or who was going to show up or whatever. So I was like, well, at least I know, I can at least guarantee that, you know, like those two bands, because I'm in them. So at least I can make sure there's going to be something. And, and then like the film, like we can start there as like my basis. So I, I, I feel a little bad about it, it that I was so in oh, so much. I was just giving you shit because you should no, be bad. You put the whole thing together. No, no I one know, cares. I don't yeah. think people even recognize besides myself that you were <laughs> hogging everything. I mean, really, nobody's thinking about that except a deranged single <laughs> man in his 70s. Right. Like, everybody else there was just thinking about what a great time it was. Yeah, I know. That was the point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and true. I mean, folks, it, the thing is also Memo's like, you know, he's one of those do-gooders, those annoying do-gooders. And so he's like, had all these people here from the 40th Street, st the 45th Street compost, 
you right. know, or whatever these people were. I mean, very nice, but it's like, yeah, can you tell people about our 45th Street compost store? And it's like, and don't mistake it for the 49th Street compost store because those people aren't doing things correctly. <laughs> no, but you know, the story with that is that last, so the city stopped composting last year when COVID hit. They, they cut the budget and like they weren't collecting. What? And yeah, I know you've already even noticed because your building probably doesn't do it, but like the city does compost pickup, like trash pickup. And so uh, a lot of people were like, what do we do with all this like extra food? We don't want to throw it in the trash. And so they actually took over a piece of land on 45th Street, which it, that's what that became, that group. And so like it's been pretty cool. It's like they talked to the owner of the lot and he was like, OK, sure. He, he kind of got into it. He let them use it. So now it's like this whole like operation for like composting. And so it's really I interesting. Composting is just duty. Well, it's it's. <laughs> Your it's a your vegetable scraps and it turns into duty for like fertilizer for the soil, you know, <laughs> so it doesn't turn into duty. It turns into, you know, soil like 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 nutritious soil. Sure so like <laughs> that's the whole point. So they were, you know, it's like a cool group. They like just kind of did it on their own. So well, I remember I was going with all these. They had all these little stations, you know, like uh, what would you call them? Tables. There were community tables set up right. also, you know, where the, there was the main the main stage. And then to the left was all these community tables where they had church screening and uh, you could make uh, flower crowns from uh, what was that place? The Hogshead. Uh, oh, Hogshead Ranch. They had that. Yeah, I didn't know who was doing the flower crowns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all like, you know, people that care about the environment and stuff. And then there was this other table. I mean, all nice people. And I always went around to see, you know, let me talk about your table. And there uh, it was uh, Queensbridge. It was like a camp or something for kids, I think. And they were, you know, uh, giving out cupcakes where you take donations and you get a cupcake. And um, they were telling me how it works. I, I still don't even remember because they were telling me too much information. But then they're like, and we, you know, we are employing, we're making sure we employ black women for something. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to stop you right there because now you're just annoying me. Because, uh, <laughs> because, and I said, I'm like, you're not annoyed, but it is annoying in a way because like whenever they just, Everybody says it's going to employ black people because I'm like, well, what am I going to do? OK, but that's me. But I'm saying I can't go up there and say that as a middle aged white man. I can't I don't even want to say, hey, they employ a lot of black people. It's good. You know, it's like I know I'm going to mess it up. And I told her, I was like, you don't want me going up there even mentioning the word black. Trust me on this. But I'll just tell them you do good, you know, because you know what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, and they also hire black people. That's terrific. Hey, you guys are OK. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but they're all everybody was so nice but they, why wouldn't they be but it's like i think i got a little jealous and i kind of got upset like um you know i think just i i was i don't know you know it's like it was just like everybody all their families were there and stuff and you have this community and i just don't feel like a i feel like i just don't feel like a part of anything anymore so right uh, but let me go back to the four thousand times you've told me you'd never want to live in queens and it's and it's how frightening and disgusting it is and yeah, no i don't want to live there yeah no <laughs> right so not. i just wish i had a community like that in jersey or something right but there's a reason you don't right because like those people don't think that way like they don't think like a community everyone just has their cars and their houses and they just do their thing and they don't give a shit so well, you know some of the people get carried away i mean that girl uh victoria was angry at the bike lanes and, oh. you know, like she's angry at the bike lanes. Now I don't understand how somebody who runs a compost heap could be upset about a bike lane, which is made. So there's less emission going out. And then she goes, well, it's just for rich people riding their bikes. And I'm like, you know, memo rides a bike. Do you consider him rich? And like, yeah, 
that that Mexican yeah. is he's so rich and no, his grandfather has, she, invented the subway and <laughs> she has a beef with bikes we had a we actually had an argument about that she like hates bikes in the whole Clearly. Bike program and i'm like all right whatever like that you know whatever that's your deal but um but no but she put together all of the community things like it was all her like no, that, all listen, that it was great, so. but that bike thing that that complaint's got to go. That's like, yeah, I know it's a gotta, dumb complaint. I it's get like it. me I, growing up and trying to like be like, well, look, if you want to run a compost heap, which of course I would have made fun of that years ago, but it's like, you know, <laughs> come around. But I mean, you're, you're there. If you're running a compost heap, how could you hate a bike lane? <laughs> yeah, so that doesn't make any sense. That was very weird, but uh, we worked it out and uh, we got along <laughs> very well, swimmingly, I would say. And, uh, Oh, and their kid, I mean, well, I mean, this kid, this is this kid's name. Cooper it was his birthday. He was in Memo's band. Then he was in another band. He's like 25. He just turned 25, right? Yeah. No, no. 22. 22, 22. Right. Yeah. But he's wearing like a dress. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What is happening here? I am just too old for this. I mean, he was a delight. Very talented, actually, as it turns out. He, you know, I was just like, who's this crazy trombone player in Memo's band? <laughs> Then it turns yeah, out he plays guy. lots of instruments and writes his own stuff, and he was very good. But he's wearing a skirt, and I am just an old man who cannot. <laughs> well, I think that was part of his costume because I've never seen him wear a skirt. Like I think he was that was just part of his stage thing, you know. Yeah. That was. Yeah, so I think so. Got two mothers, right? So I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean I don't. No, I don't care either way. I'm just saying, like I had never. No, seen I know you don't care. I, I, you're <laughs> a much more. Uh, uh, <laughs> woke person of course in me and i would tell you so the the next band was called pickled onion Remember how angry I was because they weren't there on time, and apparently they lived in the house in front of where the stage was. Yeah, they're like going ballistic. Yeah, I was just like, "What? I don't understand." You're saying they live in this building, and they're not here yet. This is the kind of stuff that drives me crazy. You know, obviously, (laughs) you know. And uh, then they they cut out early because their son was crying, but that was the ones that had the adorable daughter. Right. Right. So, so, and what a what a remember when she fell and we thought, uh oh, this is going to be really bad. Like she maybe yeah. and then she was just like, yeah. So anyway, we were talking. When is this band finished? Should I get them off now? It was unbelievable. Yeah, she didn't care. The one kid I've ever seen that just didn't care. She yeah. just completely wiped out. She was fine. Me too. I thought for sure. You know, you always have the fall, then the pause, right? Then the crying. <laughs> right. You know, massive crying, and it it didn't happen. And then of course, memos, kid was in this group called Dance Matters. And we've talked about before on this show how amazing your kid is, not just in, in general, but, uh, you know, it's a dancer because, you know, we still, me, my mother, my sister, Rachel, none of us can believe when you told us she was dancing in the Nutcracker for Christmas. You know, we didn't <laughs> know she was the goddamn lead. You know, like, it was unbelievable. And she was terrific, you know. And maybe if somebody says, yeah, I'm in the Nutcracker. Don't worry about it. You know, like, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it was her troop, but then I got mad at these people because they weren't on time. I go, I have to go all the way down. I think you know, you're talking to their their teacher, the woman who runs 
or invented dance matters, right? So they're somewhere, and I'm like, well, we they're with their teacher, they're practicing, so I'm sure she knows what time it is. Meanwhile, <laughs> nothing, right? So I go down, and it's like, you know, a walk to go get them, and I tell the teacher, I'm like, hey, 10 minutes, we need you there in 10 minutes, and she's like, what? And I'm like, what? You, I know you heard me, and then <laughs> it was really annoying, and then they finally came up, and I'm like, and then she's like, wait, where are we dancing? I'm like, see, that's why I told you to be here early. So we could figure it out. Right. Thank you. Sorry. Why does that kind of <laughs> stuff get me so angry? No, it, it's a it, look, it's a it's like it's a two edged sword. It's like on one hand, you want everybody to pay attention and read the emails that you send them and everything. And the other, yeah, it's like creative people never give a shit about any of that stuff. So, like, you, you just have to accept that. And that's the yeah. other thing. Right. Memo sent out a thing. He goes, hey, give us all the people in the names of your band. So the MC, me can announce you and only one band did the tape hiss and they were the the premier band and they were really good yeah the they were guys, i had all their names and uh oh that guy ernie oh he was the one from the modern lovers with david robinson yeah 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 ernie brooks that's his he's he's the local guy right he's the one i asked to, if he wanted to play and he's like well, yeah he, i'll bring some friends along you know and it was like all these amazing musicians so yeah everybody was really great including chris jr uh and uh no but they were they were really good they were all nice they were there on time and they gave us the names in advance you know just like yeah these guys get it so i was very pleased with them and then i was like you could just let them go as long as they want and uh but they was oh but then he told me like the lead the lead guy whose band it was he's like well he's got to go to work you know, <laughs> right, on a Sunday. Right. Uh, yeah he works for carolyn maloney <laughs> but that's the best part because if you don't know carolyn maloney is the one who saved my ass uh, by getting me all my uh, back pay and all that kind of stuff, set up stuff with uh, the unemployment. So I love her and him. And I didn't know that you could have that. You and I could have the same congresswoman. I just thought you have a district in Manhattan and there's no way that goes to Queens as well. But I guess that's uh, how it works. Yeah, I, I didn't know that she was yours either. But like, I mean, that's like, for example, AOC, right? She represents like us. And then she represents the Bronx, like across the water. Oh, and it's AOC like kind of is that. your representative? Yeah. Wow. And the Bronx. So yeah. it's like, it's oh, weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Carolyn Maloney is not your representative. Um, No, wait a minute. No, no, no. You're right. She's not. She, she represents um Ella. She represents like right up to Sunnyside. Oh, so I, see. I but so like a lot of the work I do with that land trust is in her district. So we work with her a lot. So that's I. So you're right. She's not actually my personal representative, but but she's like Ernie's represent. Like she's like yeah. all, everything up to where we are. So it's weird. Yeah, believe me, if I was uh, a Democrat, I would go work for her because I love her. <laughs> she's wonderful. And you should. Have, you should ask Ernie. <laughs> I know. I, I'm thinking of doing that. I mean, she really helped me out. And if that's the kind of stuff she does, then I'm all in. But I, I told you, I've been waiting. Al Franken's at the cellar all the time. So I've been uh, waiting to run into him. And I said, sir, if you are going to run for Senate and take on that horrible Kathleen, Catherine Gillibrand who took you <laughs> down and ruined this country for right. having a, you know, a, a fun president, <laughs> um, then I'm all in. I will change parties and help you run. Wait, are you saying he's like in New York now? Yeah, he's been at the cellar. He's been going on stage. But he like lives. He's a resident of New York. I believe so. Yes, I think he moved. But he could run for New York. Oh, that'd be great if he ran for New York. Take on that whore. Oh. Yeah, I would completely hates. support him. No, she killed his career for no reason. Yep, for terrible. no reason. Exactly. Thank you. Finally, we agree on something political. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, no, that was and horrible. And then you know what Memo did? He put on a comic, and it wasn't me. Some guy named Tony <laughs> Loud. 
yeah. never heard of him before. Apparently, little T, God, little T, yeah, yeah, he's that's Miguel's really cousin. Funny. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, so that how that's how this thing works, huh? Well, no, I I put out All a call nepotism. to everybody. I put I put out a uh, an open cause that anybody that wants to do comedy or dance or whatever, just you know, fill out the form. Um, but he was the only one. Oh, he's the only one. Well, he was nice. He was nice enough. And then this guy Jax Gabriel came in. He was a handsome fella, uh, and uh, he was so nice. And he was there on time, and he didn't need any setup. We like that, right? Like, he just yeah, had a yeah, guitar. he was amazing. Yeah, and you look like a Eastern European Elvis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. And then the uh, and so nice, nice guy too. Really nice guy, you know. And um, he's local. He's a yeah. Guy he's too. from around here. I didn't know him, but yeah, he's from around here. So then the rest of the block of the show sucked all because of this guy Kevin Zuniga, who is the worst person ever. Uh, Memo can't say anything. It's fine um, <laughs> because his because then he took out the next two and a half hour block. Because and his girlfriend who was playing first was late, so this guy Jax had to go longer. So he played for like an hour, and he's just a guitarist, you know. When we're having all bands on, but he was good. And then and then his girlfriend just played that slow jazz, you know, music, which was okay, which was fine. But then it yeah, needed to go back to what? She was a good singer. Like she was, you know, they were a good band. Yes, she was okay. But then they needed to go back to a little bit more. And unfortunately, this guy. Kevin took us down a very downward spiral with these awful children, the student of bilingual music academy. But you can't say like you were complaining about the, you know, the first kids early on and how yeah. like untalented they were, even though it's just I mean, these kids are really good. It was just that they went on for like 45 minutes. Exactly. You know? Right. Well, that's the issue. When you have kids going, you don't want them to do a full set like the adults do yeah. unless yeah. they are some prodigy, you know, and even then, you know, you want to like Two songs, maybe, and you're out. And this guy, so then this guy, Kevin, he finishes with the stupid kids, and then he goes on, and then we're like, hey, five more minutes. He's like, five more minutes? I was told I was going to get to play till 7.15. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you kidding? You've been on for two hours between your girlfriend, your kids, and you. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I hate this guy. This guy was such a douchebag. And he, like, he wasn't a douchebag. But that thing was uncool yeah because he uh, said, i'm sorry i was the reason my girlfriend was late so you can <laughs> take that of my time so we did and then he complained about it what an <laughs> yeah. asshole and it's not like he was stunning the crowd right his, right you know prowess in fact he sucked he really <laughs> sucked he was in a jazz band where he was maybe mouthing a couple of words and then the Band was taken over and he was playing some sort of snake rattle. <laughs> Stinks. I hate that guy. I never want to see him again. And I'm I never go to the bilingual music academy because they stink. But <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, those kids, you got to, I mean, A, those kids were really good. I thought they were great. I mean, the crowd loved them. They were the okay. And that's it. <laughs> but that kid, well, first of all, one of the kids is the cutest kid. I mean, he came out with a bow tie and you're like, well. Yeah. He was hilarious. Once you come out with the bow tie. Well, he looked like that kid from that commercial, that Shriners commercial. The <laughs> most adorable. And you'll get right. this adorable blanket. Um, but then he belted out like when he started singing, it was like, whoa, this kid can sing like he yeah, was. But everybody no. left by that time. Actually, they didn't <laughs> leave. It was amazing. But I would have left if I was sitting right. there. But we had I mean, you had a really nice crowd there for a while. It was really fun. And then, of course, that Kevin's thinned it all out. 
but I guess that was your plan to like kind of finish it up by like five o'clock or so. Like, I mean, even though it kept going, I assume no, by no. the music that you put in, you were asking the crowd to disperse. No, I didn't know. Honestly, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know them. I knew they did jazz, right? I, w- I was, and I, this was on me for not doing a little more, asking more questions, but like, I was under the impression that his students was like a group of older students who had like a, a Latin jazz combo or something. That was like in my head. Too. Yeah. I and so, and so, so I was like, oh, it's just like a couple of kids, but, um, it was difficult uh, for me not to just kick them off right at the. All right, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Honestly, I was just trying to everybody that signed up. I was just like trying to give everybody time. And now I know like, you were because you know. then Memo had a, his his other band, right. Arawax. <laughs> right. It comes in again. It's crazy. Um, was that the one? Oh, that was the one. I like that. You wrote some song that I keep singing in my head. Was it trash, I wrote trash, trash, or something like, oh, the Amazon, was, trash Amazon song. Yeah, it was like a punk. Well, song I hate that song. song, but <laughs> it was a catchy song. I don't know why you're so against Amazon, you weirdo. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, but uh, and then I rewrote awesome. Sting. I rewrote that police song. You know, that was the other one. As long as I might admit that one. They they that song too much information. It's like a police song. Oh, that's an old one. Yeah, it's an old one. So and then that kid Cooper came on again with his band. I mean, it was like band, 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 but it was fine, you know. And then and then there was a film festival. You imagine right. this at 830, 8:45. Memo put up a screen that he got from. I was like, how are you going to do that? And he just bought a screen <laughs> from home and he's yeah. showing all these shorts from local people. And I'm like, all right, I'm taking a break now. I finally sit down for the whole day. I wasn't sitting down. I finally sit down in a chair and then I hear this guy's voice. And I'm like, wait, he made a film, too. And his voice is and all he does is trash Staten Island and how horrible it is. No, it's the other way around. I, that's the whole point is how good Staten Island is. Um, I was not getting that feel from the uh, movie. <laughs> no, no, no. The opening, the opening it's ironic, right? The opening is about how we all think Staten Island is a dump. But then you realize it's not a dump and there's a lot of cool, interesting stuff there. That's I've been telling that people was- that for years, but nobody listens usually. <laughs> but uh, when did you do that? When did you have I was, time to go to Staten Island and interview people? I was that was I you would sometimes you'd ask me, what are you doing this weekend? I'd be like, I'm going down to Staten Island. Like I all through two years ago, actually, like literally two years ago, I started and then I was doing it through the fall and then COVID hit. So I had to stop. So all that footage I got from so all the people fall. in the film are dead now. Yeah, we'll find oh, out yeah. when I go back there. Yeah, no, that's my favorite Dan Natterman joke. Uh, <laughs> when we were watching the. Uh, Charlie Chaplin movie at Comedy Cellar a couple of years ago with, uh, you know, Audrey, you know, 23 year old Audrey. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he just goes to her. There's a bunch of kids in the movie. He goes, you know, all those kids are dead. (laughs) 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 It's funny for so many different reasons because it's true. Number one, it's just a funny thing to blurt out. And when you're telling a 23 year old, it's even funnier for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. You know, all those kids are dead. He's just not expecting it, and it's, it's hilarious. It's and Adam, you know, he's good. It's funny. He's he's so he's, he's a great. He's really good. Like every time I see him, I because he's such an oddball. Like in person, you know, it's like he gets so he can't really have a conversation, and then he gets up there, and I'm like, oh, he's actually really. You know, he always reminds me how good he is. He's funny. He's good. He's a nice guy, and he's um very smart. Yeah, he's a U of Penn graduate. You know. So I did not know that. Yes, I did not know that. <laughs> but I uh, will. Say, oh, and then there was this guy, this Uncle Vinny, Uncle Jimmy's. Oh, Uncle Jimmy. Yeah. Just kept bringing pizza pies all day. I've never seen anything like it. He was he was like, whatever you need, whatever you need. He bought maybe 20 pies first 
And then he goes, you know, and I think your wife was upset. Like she didn't want to ask him for more, like because they were trying to stop not giving it out to everybody, just the performers and the volunteers. And then he was like, no, no, I'll just get some more pies. I'll get some more pies. And he bought 20 more pies. Then he bought like 20 more pies. It was unbelievable. What a great sponsor. Yeah, Yeah, he was that guy. You know, the thing is, so Victoria knows him because she lives on his street. And um, he when we were playing music all through COVID on the sidewalk, he would we'd always order pizza from him and he'd always like bring it out and give us like free garlic knots or whatever. He loved that we were just playing music. He was like, this is great. Keep doing it. You know, so we just kept doing that every week and we would just be out on the sidewalk by his pizza place. So he loved that. So when she mentioned this thing, he right away was like, he's he's been waiting. He's like, he grew up here and he's like, we used to do that back, you know, back in the day, we'd have block parties and whatever. He's like, I miss that. So he got so excited. He was so helpful. I forgot to tell people like when you came up with your band, it came out of COVID and you were just playing outside, right? Yeah. On the sidewalk. Everyone was afraid, you know, because we couldn't, you know, you're not supposed to be inside and masks and all that. And so we just like all had, you know, lawn chairs out on the sidewalk and we just sat like six feet apart or whatever. Um, oh, acoustically yeah. at first? Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, you know, oh. just for us or whatever. But the neighbors could hear it. And like there's this drunk uh, uh, Irish bartender who lived across the street. She would come out and like she loved us. She would bring us beer and she'd be like, oh, I'll play this and play that. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, I thought you said there was this drunk. guy kept yelling out his window saying, shut <laughs> up. And I'm like, I know. I apologize again. I, mean, I didn't realize it was you. You know, I thought it was somebody else. Right. Uh, but that's that is pretty cool. That is. But that's cool. how this all started was like, you know, that kind of feeling and uh and then also the the reason i did the film festival was that i had to have a public screening of that short film because i got this grant and as part of the deals you have to have a public screening and i was like where am i going to do a public screening during covid and i was like well i'll do it here so wow boy you really you hit all the <laughs> i had to check off all the wow, boxes. you checked all the boxes for everything that's amazing that's you, how it you're, works. like you're telling your band like no i'll get us a gig don't worry <laughs> and then yeah, you, exactly. you worked out getting them a gig. It's uh, unbelievable. And you got all the permits and all that nonsense. And uh, yeah, you know, we got big. lucky. The cops didn't say a, a goddamn word, which was, uh, oh, let, let me. The cops are so afraid to do anything right now. It's so messed up. Uh, <laughs> the other day I was walking down the street in the village and a motorcycle was on the sidewalk and the cops were right there. They didn't even bat an eye. They're like, Ugh, what are we bothering? They should have stopped I- this guy. But I thought they were like they were just I I got the feeling that they just stopped doing stuff just because they're like overwhelmed other stuff. And they're like, we don't give a shit anymore. No, I think they're afraid to do anything now. You know, everybody's all uptight, you know, now with Eric Adams, they're going to feel empowered again. So don't worry that that'll be over. Our new mayor. Yeah. What about him? Well, he's like super pro cop. He used to be good himself. So like he's like, all right, that's what I thought. That's what I was hoping. Good. Good. He, Somebody's got to clean up this town after the Blasio mess. I mean, this guy really messed up what uh, Bloomberg and Giuliani put together. The good Giuliani <laughs> put together for, you know, they really cleaned up the town, which was disgusting. And they cleaned it up and made it great. And this guy just in his eight years just <laughs> fucked it all up again. No, oh, he's really incompetent. That guy. He's just an idiot. Yeah. I talk about it all the time in the sense that you know, like when I met Dinkins, like I always hated him as a mayor. You know, he was an awful mayor, but what a great guy. You know, great guy. I always feel the same would be de Blasio. You know, you just meet him. If he was at that community thing, we'd probably think he was the greatest guy. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Anybody I know that has to work with him, they just think he's a dish, a douche. They, like oh, nobody, 
Yeah, nobody like he just doesn't have a personality and he's an idiot and he doesn't know what That's he's doing. Bad. I, you know, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt in the sense that maybe he's a nice guy. You know, like it'd be like like I was pointing out, like hanging out with George W. Bush, you know, right. hanging out with that guy would be a good time. <laughs> but he was an awful president. <laughs> right. But, you know, hanging out with him, it would be fun drinking a beer with that guy. Just like in the oh, yeah, he wouldn't be drinking. He'd be doing coke with you is what he would Yeah, You know what I'm talking about? You love that guy. W. <laughs> Yeah, you love them. I know you like the Republicans when they're in office. <laughs> I love them. They're great. Who doesn't? Well, Memo, thank you so much for uh, spending some time so I could go over all these bands and what makes me angry. Uh, that is what the podcast is based on, as you know. I uh, figured. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I figured that was the point of this. But about um, keeping the faith. So Stop it. We're not Billy even on the case yet. That's anyway, true. thanks a lot for coming and thanks for letting me perform on your show. No, it was great. Thank you. You were great. I mean, you know, you had the energy, you got the crowd. You didn't really get anybody that angry, which is really I appreciate that. <laughs> and the ones that I did, I I made up with. You know, <laughs> right. So even right. that guy, Kevin, doesn't know how much I hate him. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, no, you don't know. No, we were just trying to keep the sketch. You know, like, right. he's like, no, I understand. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Wait, this po- until this podcast blows up, like one person will hear it and like start passing it around everyone's oh, I hope so. <laughs> exactly. that's why you never have to worry about talking bad about anybody on the show <laughs> but uh no thanks again and uh just have a, a great day thank and you you too you are the best and beloved on this podcast thank you i appreciate it uh yeah let me know when that uptown girl is up i'll be on <laughs> i will do hello can anybody hear me Fly with Dave Juskow. I'll tell you, man, that that kid is some sort of clown, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he is a real cat. He's one groovy cat, man. You know, it's really amazing that he was able to put all that stuff, do all that stuff with it. I mean, Jesus, I don't do three. I don't do a quarter of that stuff that he does, and I don't have anything to do. I said that already. But let, let me show you uh, right away. Uh, about what the, the scene looked like i'll um i'll share my screen and then you'll be able to you know you develop photographs so here so well i'll start with this this is this was if you're looking at the video this is the the crowd i was performing to which looks hilarious because they just it's like this just looks so sad but it was fun I was standing over here on the right, and you're just, if you're not on the the YouTube site, it's uh it, it's just it's 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 just like I'm on the street facing this park and there's just people sitting in chairs. It's really, really funny. And but this is the video, and you'll be able to hear it of the this that horrible first kids band who just suck i mean i don't care whether the kids and i don't give a shit you know people get upset oh they're kids fuck that you know how i am i treat everybody the same and these kids are going nowhere fast and and they they just stink and their teacher putting them out to slaughter like this is, is pathetic but here's the video i i taped it so you could see what i had to open for which is embarrassing for me being you know, the seasoned professional. You'll be able to hear it if you can't see it. 
I would have pulled my kids out of that school. It's a goddamn embarrassment. You can see there's somebody older. They're playing the keyboards. She was the worst. I don't know what this kid is doing on the guitar, sitting on his chair, playing it. And the kid on the drums was actually probably the best one. And his the teacher sucked because then he ended up playing the drums and singing, and he sucked. And the person that runs the studio is an asshole, too, as we already talk, talked about. And here is later on when it was nighttime where look at memo. I mean, he's so amazing. Like he's showing his film. I just said, here's the uncle Jimmy's pizza. And look, he just put up this little tiny screen, like a, an old projector screen, you know, just a, a tiny screen. I thought it was going to be shown on a wall to, to make sure his short film was shown, but all, everybody else, he has a little projector right there on this fold away chair and everybody's watching. Here's the kid who was wearing that skirt. I, I don't understand that, of course. But yeah, look, everybody, everybody was intrigued. I mean, what a strange community. I would have been furious. I don't know why, but see all the Uncle Jimmy's pizzas there. It was so nice. Yeah, and this finally I was sitting down and I'm like, well, I'll just take a picture of it and see what happens. This is the Golden Girls skateboard. As you can see from this guy's collection, I had to take a picture of it yesterday. Look at this. It says stay golden. It's a picture of all the girls on the on the front of the skateboard just says the golden girls. It's huge. It's hilarious. It's in pink. And that is a really funny thing to buy. And quite frankly, if I went to a place, I'd probably buy that too. Cause it's so funny, but then you can see he's got the case. He's got all these got just on the side. It's, oh, he's got a, he's got a, wow. I didn't even notice that. You see that he's got a doll of an action figure of John Cusack holding up the, the boom box from say anything. That's great. Wow. I got to say, that's a really good one. Oh, that's just a bonus if you're watching the YouTube thing. Wow, that's really funny. And then he's got uh, all this stuff. What is is that? Is that Woody Allen on the bottom there? No, no, it's... I don't know who it is. It's a Simpsons character, I think. But yeah, so uh, obviously I had to take a picture of that because I knew it was doing the slideshow. And here is... The picture of movie night, when I think they show a movie every day during the summer. This is the little park in between and, and Pier Village. The ocean's right here to the in the front. And I just took a picture. I'm like, look at these people just hanging out watching Wonder Woman 84. I mean, I know there's only three people there, but they don't care. You know, they just show the movie and whoever you when you're walking by, it's airing and stuff. You see, they have it's an inflatable big movie screen, unlike memos. I've seen those before. It's really great. And they have this little community and they show movies in the summer. And this, like my apartment would be like right up here. And it just seems like, you know, I like that they do that kind of stuff. And it, it is kind of funny when you're talking about moving and then you see this kind of community thing that they have here. I mean, Wonder Woman 84 sucks, but if I saw it this way, I'd probably like it a little more. I like that they were showing a movie. It looks pleasant there, doesn't it? Oh, and this, I took a picture yesterday. I was with Nick Griffin. And we were at the diner and I took a picture of all the napkins that were behind me because you know how, you know, I'm a stickler for that. So I was like, wow, I'm sitting in the exact right place. I basically needed to show that to my mother because she knows how I was mad when I got to her house. I'm like, you couldn't give me one more napkin. She goes, no, no, I put one over here. I'm like, but there's still just, she goes, these are big napkins. I'm like, God damn it. You know me already. And here's me making the face at the diner as if I, because I was sitting there by myself. Nick left and I had to kill time while the cleaning lady finished what she was doing in my house. And I'm trying to capture the expression that Bill Murray made in Groundhog Day when he was sitting reading 
and the music was playing. And that's when he decided he was going to learn how to play the piano. I'm trying to make that expression in the diner, but I don't know if I hit it. But either way, I knew you guys would get it if, you know, you saw it. And this is uh, one thing I found in my folder. It was a newspaper called the Daily Comics. And it was a newspaper that you can see cost 50 cents from June 29th, 1992. And it was a newspaper that only had the comics. And you know how I'm obsessed with the comics and the paper, especially back then. I actually enjoyed reading the comics. Now I just can't believe they still exist. But yeah, I was just taking a picture of the front page of the daily comics. I can't wait to send that to Greg Fitzsimmons. And here's that thing I told you about with my Letterman set that I was the, the when I auditioned for the Letterman show. Here is my act. And at the bottom, as I said, I'm just making it bigger. You can see my betting slip, Alabama minus 17, uh, Tulane plus 22 and a half, 10 times, Oregon minus 19 and a half, Minnesota plus two. Right under Charlton Heston and Edward G. Robinson imitations. And, oh, I'm sorry, Sammy Davis Jr., Charlton Heston, and Edward G. Robinson. How did I not get Letterman? What? The sec reads Spader, Bowling, Willy Wonka, Pavarotti, Corky from that show Life Goes On. Because, I, you know, you used to be able to do an imitation of a retard back then. I know you're not supposed to do the word or anything because I can't even believe it. The, the Tony Roberts... Neil Diamond, Ruth Gordon, Paul Lynn. I mean, what a! I expected to get Letterman from this. It's so hilarious. Okay. Then, then a list of my Halloween costumes from 1970 to 1978, and this was my plan to get on Letterman. And if you ever ask yourself why isn't Dave Jessica more successful, I guess I'll just send you this this sheet of paper. In 1970, I went, I mean, look at this. This is this, this is our show. This is our show. If you wonder why, it's like, where were you guys in 1995 or six when I auditioned for this? In 1970, my Halloween costume was bingo for the banana splits. It says it on this piece of paper. I'm reading it verbatim. 1971, Jack Wilde and H.R. Puffin stuff. In 1972, I went as Buffy from Family Affair. In 1973, I went as Don Corleone. <laughs> I mean, are you fucking kidding me? In 1974, I have it in. I went. Oh, I went as Bill Daly twice, right? Because I went. That's why I said I made a note for myself. I went as him in I Dream of Genie the in '73 and '74. I'm sorry, '74, '75. I went as him in the Bob Newhart show. In 1977, I went as a bar mitzvah boy because I just wore the suit that I wore to my bar mitzvah. And in 1978, I went as Schneider. From one day at a time. Are you fucking kidding me? This is how I expected to get on Letterman. Wow. And this, this is the, uh, I guess it was an LA and it was just a, a flyer. Again, I would, you know, I used to write my act on the back of a piece of paper. And on this one, you know, probably uh, maybe this is around 1999. I have pretty much same stuff, but I added my happy days routine and the Joker from Batman. Oh, and of course, my "Who's the Boss" bit. I don't. I don't even know 
this is embarrassing. You know what? If you're on Patreon, you should unsubscribe because this is an embarrassment that you uh, follow me. I am embarrassed. <laughs> no, but you guys get it. This is hilarious. How did anyone expect to be successful with this act? But ironically, the next picture I'm showing is my contract for Saturday Night Live. I told you I found it. This is a, a true contract that I a five year contract. I was I had to sign. It's uh, addressed to my stupid manager. His name's Ken Trush, but they should have called him Ken Douche. July twenty second, nineteen ninety six, with the NBC Entertainment logo on the top. Ray, the Ray line reads Saturday Night Live slash Dave Jusco. Dear Ken, this will confirm the terms of the agreement between NBC Studios and Dave Jusco. Quote artist they leave that quote artist uh, <laughs> with respect to artists performing services for NBC's Saturday Night Live program series as follows and then there's a whole bunch of shit NBC hereby engage I won't run read everybody engages artists and uh, hereby agree to render services as a regular performer i.e. a member of the series repertory company in the first nine new series programs to be produced during the 1996-1997 season. And then it goes on. But my favorite part, which you're going to love, again, if you're if you're you know watching it, it's fascinating to see. Here's the salary for the first five years. And this is fascinating. Remember, this is so, this is like, what, 20, 30 years ago. You know, it's different now, but, or is it? Because does it need to be different? You know you're signing this contract if Saturday Night Live tells you we want you on the show. So it said, here's the program for you. For the first season, each program I make five thousand five hundred dollars, and then there's a replay fee for a thousand bucks. The next season you make seventy five hundred dollars. The ninety nine season you make nine thousand dollars. The oh the two thousand season you make eleven thousand five hundred, and by your final fifth season you're making fifteen thousand dollars an episode. Which, you know, would have been, look, $5,000 an episode would have been unbelievable. But it's really only in the fifth year where you make what I remember Jan Hooks was saying is only by the fifth year I'm making what a normal person would make on a sitcom. I think nowadays it's probably it's so much more. But yeah, isn't that fascinating? When I showed the girls at my offices, they were all like cozying up to me. Hi. <laughs> it's like $5,000 an episode really doesn't seem like that much, but. If you're working as a uh, legal secretary, I guess it is since, geez, was I even making 5000 I, I, I was making over $5,000 in my firm, but then the second season I was making much more each episode than I'd make a month at my firm. Fascinating stuff. I left the uh, other page on because it's, it's fascinating. I think that, is this the one that? I thought it was interesting. Right. Artists will be entitled to do non-identifiable voiceover commercials to make a reasonable number of guest appearances in daytime television and to make up to three guest appearances in prime time television during each season. Provided, however, that with respect to any such guest appearance, artists is not that in Brio. Well, oh, that the rest of the stuff is uh, artists will not portray any character portrayed by artists in any series program, nor burlesque satirized parody or hold up to ridicule any such character. I mean, they really give it to you good. And remember, this was signed before I auditioned. The day I auditioned, you cannot audition. You can't go on stage. 
until you sign the contract. July 23rd, 1996. We're coming up on the anniversary of that day. Meanwhile, it was faxed over, as you can see, which is even funnier. So how about that? Uh, The next thing I have here I found is an email from my friend Kelly. I blacked out her phone number. Who knows if she has it? And this was one of the best nights of my life. She was my, this beautiful girl that I used to go watch Monday night football with all the time and drink and have wings. And she was a friend of a friend and I always liked her. She was so beautiful. And this was the first night we ever hung out alone. And she's like, Oh, I think I have a place for us to go. As you can see, I mean, if you're seeing it just says, uh, do you mind going to time out? This is this place on the upper West side. She goes, if we hate it, there are lots of options. I'd love to be on the upper West. Is that too selfish? I guess she was, yeah, she was living there at the time. So, um, this is the note and we went there that night and had the best time and kind of like fell in love because we, we did, we had such a spectacular time when I came home, I'll never forget. I felt so good. I was so happy, but if you are on YouTube right now, I'm going to zoom in. You see what the date was when it was sent and it reads Monday, September 10th, 2001. I mean, this email is epic. September 10th, 2001. The next day, everything fell apart. I'll never forget. I couldn't have been in a better mood. I must have come home like in a TV show and a sitcom where I was like, I'm in love. And the next day, we didn't see each other again for years after that because everything just obviously September 11th happened and then I don't know what happened. I mean, I know what happened, but then we never, we just never communicated again for a while until we did again. And she had a very steady boyfriend, but in Chicago, who she ended up marrying. But she was deciding between me and him. We fell in love. We started fooling around on Monday nights. Oh, it was the best. We used to hang around Monday nights. That was our night. We'd go out. We would drink. We'd eat wings. We'd watch football. She was a big, I mean, you. it's so hard to find a girl like that. And it's funny because that's what I used to do with that girl, Trish. You know, and it, and it, and it's like she was deciding between me and this guy. I'm like, wait, I didn't even know I was in the mix. I just assumed we were just fooling around, but she liked me. I, I, you know, I guess, again, if I had made the move and saying, all right, look, let's do this. We would have been okay. But, you know, at, th- at this point, why would she want to, you know, date somebody who has $12,000 that owes to the IRS? But doesn't everybody? But, yeah, I love this email. Monday, September 10th, 2001. Boy, this is going to be the best time. Woo! <laughs> the next day. So, also, as you can see, here's the date. Thursday, July 5th, 2001. All before the world fell apart. I've had these emails. So, I went to London in July of 2001 and opened for this band called Roman Holiday, which I'll play their music next week because i don't don't want any trouble from youtube i don't i mean i can't imagine if i was to get in trouble on youtube from playing a roman holiday song from the 80s i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding i mean i should call that guy who's in roman holiday say like you're not gonna believe what i mean he'd probably be thrilled but it was this band i was opening for i knew the lead singer and everybody helped me write jokes i was opening for them so this is chris regan who is now the producer of family guy 
and he wrote a bunch of jokes for me about British bands. So I just made some examples. Chris Regan is so funny. He was so talented. He was writing for the Daily. I got him a job writing for the Daily Show first, and now he is writing for Family Guy, and he's been writing for a long time. But I wrote some of his stuff, A Flock of Seagulls. Flock of Seagulls was proof that America was no slouch in the world of sucky new wave bands. The band is still working together while their haircuts were reunited with a goose's ass. Hey, Bananarama. Bananarama, an easy name to remember, but not as easy as their alternate name, a hot chick and her two plain friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and he wrote like four pages of stuff, which was so kind. Culture Club, Boy George. Boy George enjoyed the kind of tremendous adulation transvestites usually only get in the back of Eddie Murphy's SUV. <laughs> Remember the time. Falco. Remember that guy, Rock Me Amadeus? Of course, Falco died a few years back in the car crash. It was his second worst hit. I mean, this stuff is gold. Frankie goes to Hollywood. The lead singer was named Holly Johnson. Holly, which grows in the winter, and Johnson, which grew every time the guy in the band with the mustache came on stage wearing a saddle. <laughs> a lot of gay jokes. A lot of fat jokes. Stuff you, I guess, couldn't even do any. Who knows? Men without hats. You know, I just, I, you know, marked a couple. Men without hats were recently billing themselves as men without visible means of employment. Murray Head. It was the only time in the 80s I wasn't begging for head. I mean, look, they're not all gems, but he wrote four pages of stuff. Nina, remember that 99 left balloons? The song that warned of nuclear annihilation and taught people everywhere that the Germans didn't have a word for Captain Kirk. Psychedelic furs. This band wasn't psychedelic, nor were they furry, but singing brothers enjoyed by fat art school girls didn't look good on a T-shirt. <laughs> And finally, The Vapors. You remember them from Turning Japanese. This song took its name from the idea that you look like a Japanese person when you masturbate. Apparently, the lead singer's penis was smaller and more efficient. <laughs> and now, this green piece of paper here in this notebook, I'm pretty sure was all a tell stuff. I think we met at a coffee shop, and he gave me a shitload of British material to do. Everybody was really helpful, and I just found it. Uh, I'm just going to read you some of it. You, this, I'm pretty. It's got to be a tells. I don't write jokes like this. Uh, you, your guys move to. It's hard to read because my handwriting sucks. But your guys move to America when they get famous. Our people move here when it's over. That's not the good. Okay, but you guys are five hours ahead so don't tell me if Robert Downey Jr's in jail again I like to watch the news here and call home mom Robert Downey Jr's in jail again that's the gag hey what is it with you guys in climbing Mount Everest I know these are Atel's jokes <laughs> you know they weren't he was just rattling them off for me to use um <laughs> what is this one rush defense Star Wars system the defense shield to protect against missile attacks. I haven't heard that since I won't come in your mouth. What? Yeah, you know I definitely didn't write that one. Oh, you know, the euro dollar is so stupid, I'm on the $5 bill. Uh, in your parliament, you keep yelling. We need silence so our guys can get blowjobs. <laughs> uh, we don't knight people here. We make them governor. Jesse Ventura. That's what he was uh, 
They say New York and London are a lot alike because I have no money and I'm not getting laid. Hello. I think I used that one. I don't remember. Uh, what is this? Right. Uh, am I the only one? who? Oh, he's, we're talking about Sting. Am I the only one who didn't like him? No. Am I the only one that didn't like his music, but I loved him in Dune? Well, that's not very good. I'm afraid to make a... No, that's not good either. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, then he made a whole bunch of weakest link jokes. Remember that? The weakest link? Uh, you are the weakest link. That's a, The timing is hilarious. We'll give you back the weakest link, lady, if you give us back Madonna. You can see I've crossed Cher out because Madonna, remember, with her British face. That's the sign when you know someone's going to turn gay. They move to London. <laughs> you guys are looking at me like I'm President Bush. You can see Attell saying these, but, you know, he'd figure it out better. I just got beaten up by the Clockwork Orange guys. <laughs> Uh, who would have thought Ringo would have had the most stable marriage? Is this good? Are you enjoying this? Because I uh, I am enjoying it. I think you, I mean, how, you know. I dare any podcast to have this much one-liners today. Mick Jagger likes to go down to the hospital. Oh, Mick Jagger likes to go down to the hospital and watch his girlfriends being born. <laughs> He's so good. I, I guarantee I didn't write these. I'm sure it was a tell. Maybe it was a bunch of guys that I went to the coffee shop and they were all helping me. Regan might have been there too. But it sounds like a tell, right? Uh, Earl's Dukes. All we have here is Robert Downey Jr. There's a lot of Robert Downey Jr. material. Um, if you need help in your country, you can always run to Robert Downey Jr. and the police will come running. Oh, <laughs> a lot of Robert Downey Jr. The best actor we have will try to be English is, oh, the best actor we have to try and be English is always in jail. Well, oh, here's a good one, which of course you're not allowed to say anymore. Hong Kong boat people, you opened a boat of, wait, you opened a boat. I can't read my own writing. You opened a boat of of four hundred. Oh, you opened a boat of four hundred Chinese people. That explains why I didn't get my wonton soup. <laughs> When I wear glasses, I look like Harry Potter. Now that's only funny because that was it just came out. Like Harry Potter wasn't, you know, wasn't now that sounds stupid, but it he, he had a couple of Harry Potter jokes. I want to have a family, not because I like kids, but I won't be embarrassed to buy the Harry Potter books. I was feeling a little sick, so I went to a doctor. Doctor Who, maybe you know. <laughs> Uh, you gave us the weakest link. We gave you the real world London. Mm. Uh, that weakest. Okay. Yeah. That weakest link, she, the weakest link lady. She was a drunk and she wait, and, and cheated on her spouse and had a bad marriage in our country. We don't call them game show hosts. We call them McKennedy. <laughs> uh, couldn't we have no that's not a good one how could sarah ferguson <laughs> how could sarah ferguson have gotten so fat the food here sucks she should be called the duchess of pork <laughs> that's brilliant uh the tower of london i saw the rack and i'm not talking about elizabeth hurley's chest folks <laughs> um different acting schools hours Nah. 
Uh, no, no. Here we have, here we have, um, here we have na- nameless people pushing people in front of trains. Here you call them working at the Tower of London. Here, maybe it's in our country, we have homeless people pushing people in front of trains. Here you call them working at the Tower of London. That's funny. I said it wrong and I messed it up. Right. Then I just had a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Last time I was here, I was so high for Star Wars. I thought I saw Yoda, but it turned out it was the Queen Mother. Uh, You can see it says it was the Queen, but then I think the guy who I was opening for said, say the Queen Mother. It's funny. Of course, nobody laughed anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, you have a Jack the Ripper tour. I said, come on, I'm from the States. I can turn on the TV and see what OJ's up to. <laughs> Good one. Uh, Julia Roberts, I have you people, you people hate her twice because she has twice all those teeth. Uh, I guess it's a joke about British people's teeth. Hey, ladies, Tom Cruise is available. Uh, I did the most dangerous thing you could do over here. I had a burger. In this, Here's a good one. In the States, you have an old man living alone. You call him gay. Here you call him a butler. The kid, oh, <laughs> the kid from H.R. Puffin stuff is your Robert Downey Jr. Boy, that combines everything we talk about and a, a diss on Robert Downey Jr. The what's she? Uh, the queen's trying to save money, so she's flying domestic. They check her in the overhead baggage. What's she gonna do? Chop your head off? Eh. Well, I mean, look, they really can't all be gems. I'm pretty sure there was one writing session at a diner in 2001 before everything fell apart. And he, him, and I'm pretty. It must have been Regan too, maybe. And they just gave me all these free jokes, which, as you could see or hear, were some of them were so funny and so good. And that's just sitting, and that's just off the top of a guy's fucking head. So, yeah, right? They're not all gems, but they're still goddamn good. Goddamn it, hell, right? So, I thought I would share that with you. I thought it was pretty funny. Hopefully, uh, you were laughing a little bit when you heard them, I hope. And seeing the handwriting and the that it's on the paper uh, for me, it's like uh, having a, a a Beatles song handwritten on a piece of paper. The the magic of David tells mine. That'll work for me every time. So that's pretty much our show for today. I showed you everything I needed to show you. I think I spoke about everything I needed to speak about. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, video, audio, or monthly podcast today. Obviously, next week, we'll go back to our regularly scheduled format with uh, audio and just regular hijinks. But uh, yes, don't forget, this week on the, uh, or tonight, rather, on the Comedy Cellar uh, live show at 7 o'clock, we have Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General, and Esther Koo, and... On Billy Joel, we finally have Don't Ask Me Why, which is a really great song. And uh, Julian Villard and his really great, he plays, uh, he actually regales us with a version of his song called Don't At- Don't Make Me Play Piano Man or something like that. You know, it's the opposite of Piano Man and he writes very different lyrics. It's really great. Uh, so you should listen to that too, as it is the companion piece. As we 
come to the next All right, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye for now.